Hello again, Hope family, praying that you've had an awesome week and looking forward to this weekend as we come together to worship our Savior once again. Today's look at A.W. Tozer's The Knowledge of the Holy brings us to the grace of God. Grace, the close relative of Monday's attribute, mercy. I remember being taught as a child that the difference between mercy and grace are that mercy is the withholding of punishment deserved and grace is the giving of a gift undeserved. This is, I believe, still a satisfactory definition and definitely gets at what is happening in the mercy and grace of God. Here is how Tozer puts it. In God, mercy and grace are one, but as they reach us, they are seen as two, related, but not identical. As mercy is God's goodness confronting human misery and guilt, so grace is his goodness directed toward human debt and demerit. It is by his grace that God imputes merit where none previously existed and declares no debt to be where one had been before. Tozer continues a bit later and says that grace's use to us sinful men is to save us and make us sit together in heavenly places to demonstrate to the ages the exceeding riches of God's kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Our guilt is met with mercy. Our debt is turned to merit through grace. And this grace serves the purpose of being our salvation and highlighting the goodness of God in Christ Jesus. The grace of God, like all attributes we have and will discuss, has eternally been at the core of who God is. But it is extended to mankind through Jesus Christ, crucified and risen. Tozer points out that whenever Paul talks about the grace of God, he connects it to God's crucified Son. Here's Paul writing to the Ephesians. In love, God predestined us for adoption to himself as sons and daughters through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace. Paul connects our redemption, the grace that we've been shown, to Jesus Christ. John also connects grace to Jesus when he says, For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Now this brings up back now this brings us back to a misunderstanding we discussed on Monday. The Old Testament is all law, no grace, and the New Testament is all grace, no law. This, of course, is not true. We saw on Monday that the Old Testament speaks of the mercy of God four times more than the New Testament. It doesn't take more than a cursory look at it doesn't take more than a cursory look at the New Testament to see that there is still a moral law that Christ's followers are to abide by. Christ himself tells his disciples to go and make more disciples by teaching them to obey all that I have commanded. The deliverer of grace has a law for us to follow as well. But Jesus didn't just add grace to the law. Grace has been there all along. Here's Tozer again. Grace indeed came by Jesus Christ, but it did not wait for his birth in the manger or his death on the cross before it became operative. Christ is the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. End quote. God has always been a God of mercy and a God of grace, and Jesus has always been God. We needn't leave the pages of Genesis 1-4 to to see the grace and mercy of God on display. Adam and Adam and Eve are told that if they eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, on that day they will surely die. They eat, but do they die on that day? They do not. Some have sought to spiritualize God's warning of death and have taken it to mean a spiritual death experienced by banishment from the garden and a separation from God. 
There's merit to this line of thinking, but I prefer to see this as the first act of mercy. Then we see Cain, who kills Abel, shown mercy. Adam and Eve receive a third son, Seth, another son because Abel was killed. This is a gift of grace. So God's grace and mercy do not show up on the scene at the birth of Christ, but they do become clearer and even inescapable in the death and resurrection of the Christ. As mercy is to lead us to be merciful, so too is grace to lead us to be gracious. As Paul says in Romans 2, his kindness is meant to lead us to repentance. In God's kindness, we see both his mercy and grace, which is meant to lead us to repentance. Paul later makes the argument in Romans 5-8 through that the grace that we've been given frees us from sin and allows us to walk in newness of life. We've been given a gift of grace. Let us not return to our chains. I'd like to leave you with a song. It's called Waste, and it's by a band named Wolves at the Gate. The lyrics tell a story of an aimless wanderer indebted to a king who is then summoned and ultimately forgiven his debt. The song ends with a a repeated phrase, you call it a waste, you call it a waste, you call it a waste, I call it grace. And I think of the words of the psalmist, what is man that you are mindful of him? Who am I that I would be given such a gift? And yet to God, it is not a waste. It's grace. It's who he is. Summon to the king, sail no.